welcome to Grace Family Church. We are so glad you decided to check out our podcast. Our prayer is that this teaching from Pastor Tommy will encourage your faith and lead you towards the greatness God has planned for you. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoy this message. But this week I want to do a single message, and I've titled the message, um, Do You Have Ears to Hear? Or or Ears to Hear? Um, And, you know, I felt impressed to really just... I really felt this way over the past couple of weeks. Uh, God's challenged me to go back and just overlook the messages that have been shared since the first of the year in our church. Uh, To look at the titles, to dig into the notes, to listen to the content and the theme of what's trying to be communicated to our church. And and in doing so, you know, I I believe that um, there are things that God wants us to hear and adhere to and to begin to practice in our life. Even Pastor Danny's message, he didn't uh, so much, he hasn't been here, but even his message last week fell right in line with the fact that the Lord spoke to us at the beginning of the year certain things as far as an expectation for this year. And so before we really jump into what I want to share, I want to read you a portion of Scripture, and, and, then I want to, uh, and then I want to talk to you today about what I believe the Spirit of God really has been saying to our church for the past four months, and it's applicable to our personal lives and can have impact upon us personally, but also can have impact upon us as a church whole. Uh, and so Luke chapter 8 and verse 4, we'll read this. It says, while, lo- while a large crowd was gathered and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it had come up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he had said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Let's pray before we get started. Father, I thank you so much. For your word, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for you. I am just so grateful, Lord, that you are here this morning. Your presence is amongst us. We felt it in the fellowship. We felt it in the worship. And I pray now that we will sense your presence speaking to us through your word. I pray that your anointing will rest upon me to help me. For I recognize without you I can do nothing. But with your help, Father, great things can be accomplished. Great revelation can come forth. Great grace can be imparted into the lives of the hearer. And so I give you praise and thanks for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I want to hone in on that last phrase that we find there in that portion of Scripture. And it's that phrase, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. You know, there are times where we go through seasons in our life where God is trying to speak specific truth to our life for that season. Uh, And I think it's important for us to be sensitive to hear what the Spirit of God is trying to say to us and to respond the correct way to it accordingly. Uh, I think so many times, you know, we can get so uh, busy with life and we can get so busy with even our Christian service that we're just going after it hard and fast and we blow right by what God is trying to speak to us in a specific season in our life. And that season typically is a theme or a word that He's trying to do, uh, speak to us. And I believe that if we embrace that theme in that moment of our life, in that season of our life, it will propel us forward much more quickly than we could do it on our own. It'll propel us further and more quickly into God's best for our life. If we're not sensitive and we don't respond accordingly, we miss out, really. 
we miss an opportunity. You know, uh, I remember Leonard Ravenhill said that an opportunity of a lifetime should be seized in the lifetime of that opportunity. Uh, and what, that, what he meant by that was is there are windows where we have opportunity for something. And we should seize that opportunity when we see that window open. And I believe that there are seasons where God speaks to us and we should seize those moments when it happens. And as I went back, I sort of began to think about this in light of you know, what I shared before we prayed is that I felt like the Lord was leading me to go back and look over the, the theme. Uh, what is it that he's trying to say to us as a church? Uh, and as I went back and looked at that, I really believe, first of all, he took me and reminded me of what he spoke to us at the, on the last Sunday of, of, of 2018 and the first Sunday of 2019. Uh, he, I really felt like prophetically the Lord said this over our church and our ministry and over the lives of people that would sit under, the, under Grace Family Church and anybody that would lay hold of this truth, really. Isaiah chapter 16, verse 1, it says, Arise and shine. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. And I really felt like that the Lord had me share that at the end of, at the end of 2018, the beginning of 2019, is something that we needed to lay hold to for this year for ourselves. That this was a year of God's glory. Now, I got to tell you, uh, I try to be the, uh, I don't, you know, I, I, I love God with all my heart, but I don't like religiosity. Because religiosity just dresses you up and makes you mean, confuses people. I just try to be real. Um, and, and so, you know, when I say a year of God's glory, I want to make sure people understand what that means. Because that can take on a religious tone and it can wind up being lost. The meaning of what is really meant there can be, be lost, although it's a very real thing God wants to do. And so what we pointed out in that message was that, that this was to be a year of God's glory for us personally and for our church. And that would result in several things, and we pointed out those several things. We said that it would result in a closer walk with Jesus as we experience greater light and less darkness. We also said that it would be a year of increased favor with others, that there would be people that wanted to bless us and help us, that there would be people that wanted to join themselves to our lives and, and help us. We said it would be a year of restored relationships. We said it would be a year of breakthrough in your finances. We said it would be a new season of joy and happiness in your life. You know, God wants us to be happy. And yet I find many Christians walk around like pig pen with a cloud over their head and just, just miserable all the time. Even though they love Jesus, they're just miserable. But God wants your life to be happy. And I believe that this could be a year, if you'll lay hold of this truth, a year of greater happiness and joy. And then we also said a year of the miraculous. When God shows up in His glory, when we say His glory, that's His presence. And when His presence shows up, interesting things happen. Miraculous, awe-inspiring things happen. And I believe that this is a year for that. But here's the thing. Every prophetic word that's ever spoken over your life, that's ever been spoken in the Bible, for it to come to pass, that word must be received with ears to hear. In the Old Testament, it said it this way, a person that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. What that means is, is when, someone, when, when God sends a man of God into your life and he speaks into your life, if you'll receive that, because you could, you could not receive it, right? You could say, I don't believe that. You know, I've heard that over and over again. I just don't believe that. And if that's the attitude, you'll never receive that reward. But, but for a prophetic word to come to pass in your life, you have to receive it. You have to have what I like to say is ears to hear. Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, right? 
Let him hear. So we have to be willing to hear that. And so what does that mean to have ears to hear? Well, what it means is, is that you listen intently with the, point, with, with, with the intent of that, that word affecting your life in what you believe and what you do. If you really believe something's going to happen, you're going to act like it's going to happen. You're going to expect like it's going to happen. It's going to affect your actions even in what you do. And so believing that prophetic word that this would be a year of God's glory, I believe, comes with the responsibility of hearing what God has to say after that as instruction to our life so that when we receive that instruction, it allows us to walk into what he said would happen. Did did everybody follow me? And so I believe as I went back and looked further after that word and I began to look at the messages and and the series that we taught, I began to see a common theme being woven in and out of those things. Just three simple things I pulled out that I believe God is speaking to our hearts that we must have ears to hear, embrace, and begin to practice in our life. And I believe this with all of my heart as well, that if we don't do that, we will fall short of the glory, the, 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 all the great things God wants to do in our midst. And so what I want to do is I just want to, uh, I just want to talk about um, three things this morning that I believe for the last four months, you know, uh, when I was uh, in Bible school, I had a, um, I had a, uh, a, a, a teacher, his name was Doc Horton, and he was, about, he was only about four foot four, four foot four, he was just a short little guy. But man, uh, and, he, and he weighed about probably 200 pounds. Um, just a happy, jovial guy, um, had a real gruff voice like this. He wrote a book called Pass the Biscuits. Um, it talked about how, you know, asking God for a blessing was like, reminded him of a kid when he was sitting at the table saying, pass the biscuits, you know, that, you, you know, he's just asking for it and you receive it. Um, but he, ta- he tells a story about, uh, he, uh, he had this term he used for, uh, for hard-headed uh, Bible school students. He called them goat heads. Uh, and, and, when, and, and he got to the point where everybody knew what this meant. You know, he'd, he'd do this because when he was a kid growing up, uh, he lived in, down in South Georgia. And when he was a kid growing up, they had goats. And uh, they were all kept in a pen. And he as a kid loved antagonizing those goats. He loved just getting them uh, all worked up. And so what he would do was he'd go up to the fence and he'd hold his hand through the fence and uh, the, 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 the metal part, the metal gate part, hold his hand to it and just do this. And the goat would get mad and come run charging at his fist. He pulled his fist out and hit the metal fence and knock it silly for a few minutes. And he'd laugh and laugh and laugh. And he'd go back and do it over and over. And the goat never learned. You know, sometimes we as Christians have the potential to be goat heads, right? We don't want to be like this, right? When that happens, we want to respond differently when God begins to speak to us. And so I believe that there is a, a message that God wants us to respond to in our lives. And so I want to summarize what he, I believe he's been saying for the last three months. I want you to embrace these three truths and have ears to hear them to say, Lord, I really need to hear these things because this, the, this is the window of my life. This is the opportunity. This is the theme you're trying to speak to me in this season of my life. And I need to establish this in my life right now so that I can walk into what you have for me. So the first thing I began to see was this. Number one, we need to be seeking the face of God each and every day. Now that's simple. That's not hard. But I believe God has been challenging us as a church that every day we need to seek his face. 
Mark, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The question we have to ask ourselves based on what God has been saying to us is, are we seeking God daily? Does He have my attention? We can get so busy chasing the things that this verse talks about, trying to figure out how we get them. We can get so busy of getting up, having our cup of coffee, heading to work, coming home, cooking dinner, putting the kids to bed, and then going to bed. But I'm asking the question this morning because I believe the Spirit of God is asking this question. Have we as a church, through the challenge He's issued, set aside time in our life each day to seek His face? Now, that doesn't mean we're going to be perfect in that. That doesn't mean that, you know, every single day you haven't missed one. But what I mean is, is he first in your life? Are we spending time in his presence, worshiping him, praying in the Holy Spirit, and listening to his word? Are we spending time trying to figure out how we can be happy? Are we trying to figure out how we can achieve our goals? Are we spending time striving to try to achieve them? Or are we spending time in his presence? Have we made seeking Him the priority of our lives? I believe the Spirit of God is challenging us as a church. If we want to see those things we talked about, we all clapped about them, miracles, breakthrough financially. Do we want those things? Well, God makes it simple for us. He doesn't say go out and figure out how to get it. He says just follow the next steps I give you. And the first step He's given us as a church is seek me daily. Paul said in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 8 and 10, Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. God is calling us to embrace this desperate hope and, and, and hunger for him. I believe one of the themes that are, that are, that are, that's permeating through what the Spirit of God is trying to say to us is that He's calling us, and it's not just our church. As I, as I look around, I see the signposts, just the signs at other churches. They're all saying the same thing. Let's seek God. Let's worship Him. I believe God is challenging us to seek Him first. Why? Number one, because we love Him. Because we love Him. One of the greatest signs that you love somebody is you want to spend time with them. Matthew chapter 27 and verse 37, Jesus replied and said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Is our heart completely sold out to Him so that when we get up each day, our thought is, How can I carve out some time for the one who died for me? Do we love Him so much because He did so much for us that, we, that our hearts cannot help but find time for Him? Are we seeking Him? Are we seeking Him not only because we love Him, but are we seeking Him because we realize that without Him we can accomplish nothing? <laughs> one of the things we talked about in one of those messages over the last four months was, God helps those, you know, the, the phrase, God helps those that help themselves. I said, that's not true. God helps those who come to the end of themselves. When we come to the end of our striving and our pride and our arrogance that thinks we can do it without Him and we lay our lives before Him humbly and, 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 and in submission and say, God, I cannot do this without You. I need You. I desperately need You. Not with an attitude of He's not there, but with an attitude of I know because I need You, You are there. Are we seeking Him because we realize we can't do anything without Him? Jesus said it this way, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. 
See, some of us get the mindset that the way we do something for God is by gritting our teeth and going after with all of our strength. But what Jesus says is that's not the way to get it done. The first thing you've got to do is just plug into me. Spend time with me. He said, how is me praying every morning going to get this done? i got to tell you, I don't know how you get brown, you know, yellow cheese out of a brown cow when it gives white milk, but it happens. There are some things in life you just cannot understand with your natural mind. Now that one, you know, chemically you could probably figure it out. I know my son's already thinking. Let me tell you how it happens. Um, but, but the reality is, is there are some things you just can't figure out, but you have to do what God says. That's what faith is. It's just take a step of faith, doing what you cannot understand. And one of the things he says is spend time with me. I'm telling you right now, I believe this with all of my heart. I believe God spoke to, as sure as I'm standing here, I believe God spoke to our church and said, this year will be a year of God's glory in your life and in this church. But for it to happen, number one, we have to respond with, I will seek you with my life I, because I, you're, you're the only hope I got. And I'm grateful for what you did for me. Number one, are we seeking him? What else? What's the other theme that the Spirit of God is trying to speak to us? Number two, are we doing what he tells us today, no more and no less? You know, God doesn't make following him difficult or complicated. Sometimes our minds and the enemy and life will make things complicated. But Jesus said, come unto me, all you that heavy la- are burdened and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. I'll show you the easy way to live. Matter of fact, it says, let us learn to live by the unforced rhythms of grace. He's saying, if you'll come to me and you'll spend that time with me, then in that time with me, I will tell you what you should do today. No more, no less. See, sometimes we connive and we try to figure out and we strive and God says, just come to me, give it all to me and I'll show you what to do next. And what he may tell you to do next may have nothing to do with what you gave to him, but I'm telling you, he knows the path, the quickest path to what your heart desires. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 15 says, While it is said, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the day of rebellion. As we spend time with him, his spirit will speak to us. How does God speak to us? How do we know to do what he's telling us to do each day? Number one, are we responding to his word and what his word tells us? Because see, part of spending time with God is not just, oh, worship you, right? That's part of it. I don't mean to belittle that because I do that, right? But it's also in those quiet moments, listening, opening your Bible, reading it, and allowing him to lift the words off the pages and allow them to come to life for you and speak to your life. And so the first thing we have to do is ask ourselves today, very simply, very simply, I don't have to figure out everything, all i got to do is this. Number one, am I doing what his word says to do? Am I responding to what his word has told me to do? Listen to me, you cannot enter into the promises of God without doing what his word says to do in that area. You can cry to your blue in the face, oh God, please deliver, or God, please help, but if you don't, Do and follow the path of his word. You won't have the success to enter into it. It's just that simple. As much as God wants to bless you, he's not holding it back. It's not like a checkbox where he says, if you do this, I'll do this for you. No, he says, it's like a treasure map. Always I put it this way. He says, I have blessed you. This is a year of God's glory. Glory, boom, gone, done. It's yours. Now, here is the path to step to get you to that glory. It's not a matter of him withholding. It's already released. 
the blessing you desire, the joy you desire, the breakthrough you desire, the financial change you desire, the physical health you desire, it requires you to do what? To take a step in the direction he's telling you to take. Let me tell you a practical one. This may be hard for some. I started the year weighing 279 pounds, closer to 300 pounds than I've ever been in my life. I wasn't, I didn't feel good. So I took it before God and I said, Lord, thank you by Jesus stripes. Thank you, I'm healed. And you know what he said to me? You need to control your appetite. Now I could have continued to cry out, God, heal me, make me. I mean, I tell you, I had pain constantly in my upper, uh, the upper part of my uh, diaphragm. But what I did is I had to make a conscious choice to make a change. Thankfully, I'm down to about 255 pounds now. I'm down 20, 23 pounds. Now, now I'm not saying I, why, why, I'm responding to the Spirit of God in my life. I didn't realize how much feeling physically bad caused me to feel emotionally bad. See, there are little simple things that you may not understand. It may not be diet for you. It may be something else. But whatever it is, you have to respond to what he's telling you to do in his word, number one. There are clear things in his word he's told you to do in every area of your life, physically, financially, spiritually. What do you do? Do your best to do them. And if you don't know how to do them or you're failing to do them, find somebody and let them know your weakness so that they can pray with you and help you do them. Not do it for you, but show you some tricks of the trade maybe that you don't know. Amen? Number two, uh, we need to be sensitive not only to his word, but to the gentle promptings of the spirit within us. Romans 8, 14 says, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. As a child of God, there are way, God will gently lead you from within your spirit. He will prompt you. He will guide you in your times of prayer and worship and walking out of those places. There'll be a gentle prompting that this is what I want you to do today. This is what I want you to focus on. We have to be sensitive to not blow that off as, oh, that's just me. We need to be sensitive and say, God, I hear your voice, and I'm responding. So number two, are we doing simply what he's asked us to do, no more and no less? We said no more. What do we mean no more? We mean laying down all the junk that has you so busy that God never told you to do in the first place. Amen? Because it's just man-made effort. Just do simply what he's asked you to do today. And what's the final thing? This final thing that he's been speaking to us is very simple, to live selflessly. Everybody say selflessly. To live your life seeking to be a blessing to others instead of pursuing personal agendas and gratification. To live your life, I'm going to say it again, seeking to be a blessing to others instead of your own personal agenda and personal gratification. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but for the interest of others. We are called as believers to live uncommonly in this world. It seems so contrary to the natural order of things that if you put yourself last and you put others first that you'll ever get ahead. But that is a faithless attitude. We are called to live selflessly. We are called to live a life in service and sacrifice to others. What does that mean to serve others? 
What does that mean in sacrifice to others? Does that mean to give till it hurts until you're miserable and you're dragging your knuckles on the ground and you just wish Jesus would come back so you could quit serving others? Is that what it means? No, living your life in service to others, I like to put it this way because it so aptly defines what we should be doing. It's simply living your life to be a blessing. Living your life to be a blessing in every area of your life. That's living selflessly. That's living in sacrifice to others. Being a blessing to those in need. When you see need, responding to it with how can I, with what I have and the resources I have, whether it's my strength or my ability, how can I be a blessing to that person in need? Number two, to be a blessing to those you work for. How many of us go to work every day for a paycheck instead of going to work every day to be a blessing? Did you hear what I said? The people, I've watched this over years. I'm 52 years old yet. You know, I'm starting to get a little gray on the sides. And over the 52 years of my life, this is what I've seen. The people that rise to the top and are the cream of the crop are not the people that go to work for a paycheck. They're the people that go to work to find out how they can be a blessing to someone today. If you want to enter into God's best, get up every day and go to work, not just to punch a clock and go home and say, man, I hate that job, I hate my boss, I hate what I do. If that's what God's put in your hand for this day, then do it and be a blessing. Maybe you'd get out of hating what you do if you'd be a blessing in what you do so God could promote you to what you do want to do. Get up every day and seek to be a blessing. If it's plumbing someone's sink, do it not because i gotta get, I got to get my hours in so I can get paid. Do it so I can bless that person. You know what that'll do? That'll change the quality of your work. You won't just do it to punch a clock. You'll say, if I'm being a blessing, man, I, I really got to do this right. I got to clean up after, you know, all of those things, right? Do it to be a blessing. Be a blessing for those you work for. Be a blessing to your family, Get up every day with a mindset that says, today is the day I'm going to be a blessing to everyone in my family. I'm not going to seek what I can get out of them. I'm not going to seek what I can suck out of my parents or I can suck out of my brothers and sisters. I'm not going to fight for what is mine. I'm going to seek to live a life so that I can be a blessing to them. How can I bless my family today? For a mom, is it getting up and cooking breakfast before your ki- for your kids if that's what you, you do, Right? Washing clothes, cleaning houses. If for a husband, is it coming home and doing that extra chore, washing those dishes or helping with that laundry? For your wife, is it, is it showing that love and affection to your husband that he so much craves? For you kids, is it showing the respect and honor to your parents who lay down their lives for you every single day instead of looking at them with a lack of gratitude for what they do for you? See, how can I be a blessing? And then last of all, how can I be a blessing to my church? How can I be a blessing to my church? How can I fill a need? How can I fill a spot where there's a hole? How can I serve my church so it can more effectively serve others? Philippians chapter 2 says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him what? The form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. A life of being a blessing is what we've been called to. 
Have you found your place of blessing for those in need? Have you found your place of blessing at work? Have you found your place of blessing with your family? Have you found your place of blessing in your local church? I want to hone in on that local church piece for just a moment, not self-servingly, but because it's important. I will say this, if you're not serving in some capacity in your local church, you're not fulfilling your full purpose for which you've been created. You cannot fulfill the purpose for which you've been created without serving in the local church to which you've been called. Your life, listen to me, this is so important. This is one of the few things I highlighted in all my notes. Your life is out of rhythm and you'll never be able to fully achieve God's best for you if you're not serving in your local church. And that's not self-serving, that's the truth. We were all created for a purpose and part of that purpose be a, to fill our place in the kingdom of God. And the way it is today until Jesus returned, the kingdom of God, the integral piece of the kingdom of God is the local church. And we all have a place to fill. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16 says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Each of us, as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So what that tells me is there can be six cylinders in a church hitting 100%. But if two of them aren't doing their part, the church will be hindered in how it grows. It says it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love, living as children of light. See, filling our place, finding our place of service in the local church is part of for which we were created. Why? Because we were created for a purpose to serve him and to love him. And as we serve him in our local church, we further his kingdom and his cause in the earth of winning people to Christ, of blessing people and helping people. You realize coming every Sunday and setting on your blessed assurance and leaving blessed because of the word you're receiving and never serving in your local church, you're not fulfilling your potential. You're not. And as a pastor, I love you enough to say that not because I want you to step, I mean, I do want you to step up and serve. I can tell you, we got areas of need right now. Last Wednesday night, I was praying. I walked over to that, that first nursery, which sits empty every Sunday morning because we don't have enough workers to have two nurseries right now. And so our toddler workers are overworked, aren't they? I walked in there not complaining. I just said, Lord, I call this place full of faithful workers, people who have a heart for babies, people who have a heart that want to serve. I call in a praise and worship and nursery director. That's something we need right now. We got Joe over the elementary and youth, but we need somebody to step up and say, I'm willing to direct that whole area and turn that into a place of excellence. Right? But see, what some people would do is they look at that and say, they don't have that, so that's a cause for me to go consume somewhere else. I would say this, and I've said it, uh, that's a theme that I've said over the last four weeks. When you see an area of need in your local church, it's not God telling you to leave because they can't meet that need in your life. It's God telling you that's a need you need to fill. I'm telling you. You see a hole in your roof, is that God saying sell your house and move to another place? No, patch the roof. Amen. Or oh me. Everybody say, I love Pastor Tommy. See, when we all take our places when the local church is in the best position to grow, and not just to grow from a number standpoint, to, but just to provide more, to reach more people, to help people get the good word of God. You realize there are people sitting around every single day that don't know God loves them. Their relationship with God is based on fear. 
Fear, as Shannon said earlier, fear that he's going to be mad at them for every mistake they made instead of realizing that he loves them in spite of their mistakes and he is right there with them to help them through their mistakes. He's not judging them because of the shed blood of Jesus. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, God is not counting men's sins against them. And when we put our faith in that blood, we can know that God, no matter what I've done, no matter how many bugaboos I've got, no matter how many things I'm trying to shake that I can't seem to shake, you still love me. There are people that don't know that. What a dynamic thing to embrace and learn. We teach that here at Grace, and that's why this church needs to thrive. Amen? So there are three simple things the Spirit of God has been speaking to us. What? Seek Him daily. Respond to his voice during those times of seeking him by doing what his word says and doing what his spirit says. No more, no less. It takes the complication out of life if you'll do that. It makes life simple and easy. It puts the burden of production on him. See, sometimes we wind up doing so much because we think the burden of producing in our life is our responsibility. But that's not the responsibility he gives us. He says, seek first my kingdom, come to me. You just come to me, spend time with me, respond, be nice, love people, be a blessing, do this, do that. He may tell you, save some money here. I know just the other day he gave me some direction for the next three years for this church financially. Simple little truth from the word. I got to start practicing, right? So do it. And here a little, there a little, God will get you where you want to be, amen? Luke chapter 8 and verse 8 says, Jesus said these words, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Do you want God's glory in your life? Do we want God's glory on this church? Once again, I don't want to over-religiousize that by using the word glory. Although glory is a biblical word and God uses it so we shouldn't disdain it. But do we want more light and less darkness? Do we want a closer walk with the God who created us and the one who gave his life for us? Do we want increased favor with others? Do we want restored relationships? Do we want breakthrough in our finances? Do we want to walk in deeper levels of joy and happiness? And do we want a year of miracles? If we do, those three things, I'm just telling you, those three things, you put them into practice and watch those things begin to manifest that are already laying right before you. Strawberry season. You ever go pick strawberries? They're just waiting for you to pick them. God's glory is just waiting for us to pick it by just doing those things. Seek him, do what he says, and be a blessing. Everybody say, seek him, do what he says, and be a blessing. That's not hard, is it? That's what God has called us to do. Amen. Bow your heads with me. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much that you love us. I thank you that, we're, that, that you care about us. I thank you that you, that you, you are, are genuinely concerned about our well-being. I thank you, Father God, that as we listen to the voice of your Spirit, that as we listen to what your heart is saying to us, that as we have ears to hear what you're saying to us, that we will respond accordingly as a church. I thank you that it will produce greater levels of your glory, greater light instead of darkness, greater favor instead of rejection, greater peace and freedom in our lives, greater joy and happiness, greater breakthrough financially, and greater evidence of your miraculous working power. I give you praise and thanks for that taking place 
in our lives as we respond to your word and listen to what the Spirit of God is saying unto the church. Thanks for listening to our Grace Family Church podcast. We really hope you enjoyed this message. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, we would love for you to get connected. Just go to gfcva.info to learn more about who we are, how to give to this ministry, or how you can get involved. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.